Well, ladies and gentlemen of the First Mint, I want to say to start the show that I appreciate all the feedback that you've sent in over the last few weeks. The new format of the pod, the more investigative and storytelling-based narrative, will be somewhat discontinued going forward in favor of the interview-style shows that we did over the summer. Now, we'll continue to focus on sports, entertainment, and of course, the hard numbers of crypto, and occasionally, we will definitely deep dive into a project or topic to make sure to uncover what's really going on, like we did with the Autograph podcast. The reality is that it's really hard to be solo on a podcast, and having a guest through the bulk of the episode is both fun and honestly just easier on the ears. We want to share new perspectives and viewpoints at the first minute, especially right now during this downtrend. So we're getting back to it. And you might also start hearing more from my brother, the real Phil D, very soon. Today's episode, or should I say, interview, is with Micah Johnson, one of the highest selling NFT artists in the world. He created a collection called Aku Dreams, which was recently featured on the cover of Time Magazine and has traded for over 14,000 ETH on the secondary. Micah is one of the faces of Web3, but his origin story as an artist is an unlikely one. He is a former Major League Baseball player, having broken into the majors in 2015 and retired just three years later, but not before one of his coaches, Los Angeles Dodgers manager Dave Roberts, asked him to showcase a talent for the team. Not knowing what to do or say, Micah said that he would paint something, and his talent was born. In the years following his career, he painted relentlessly in his garage in North Carolina, determined to make it a career, and make it he did. On this episode, Micah tells me that story, and then we dovetail into a general discussion about being a creator, how he makes time for creating versus running a business, about being all in on something when you really want it, which kind of turns into talking about the Olympics, and we even find time to touch on FTX and whether NFTs can actually really scale into live sports. And for our faithful listeners, we finally welcome the return of Would You Rather. So after the jump, have a listen to my interview with Micah Johnson. What's up, everyone? It's LG Set, and you're listening to The First Mint, a podcast about Web3, business, and sports. Before we get to the show, a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Evaluate.xyz, a safe and easy way to meet other NFT collectors, negotiate deals, and swap your moments live. Looking to expand your top shot all day and strike collection without spending your dapper balance? With Evaluate, you can pair up with trading partners in seconds and swap your existing moments for new ones in secure trading lobbies. The fastest and easiest way to trade NFTs. Visit Evaluate.xyz today to start swapping moments with other collectors. Nothing on today's show should be considered financial or trading advice of any kind. Please do your own thorough research and make your own trading decisions. This is not advice. Mike Johnson, dude, been waiting to have you on the show for a long time, been following your progress, and we are very honored to have you. Welcome to the show. I passed your guys' test to get on. <laughs> the test? Oh, yeah, I haven't even heard of this test. I didn't even know there was a test, but I, I'd be keen to know if I pass my own test if there is one. <laughs> there might be people on the sh- listening to the show who actually may not know who you are and what you're doing in Web3 and in NFTs, so tell it to us like we're somebody meeting you at a party, like we're just like, hey, what do you do, sir? Uh, what, do, what, do you, what do you do with your life? Oh, you're some kind of artist, like some kind of a former athlete? Like, tell us, tell, tell us that like from a blank slate 101. I've never heard of you. Grew up playing baseball. Since the age since I was two years old, it's all I ever wanted to be. Achieved that dream in 2015 when I made my major league debut with the White Sox on opening day. Retired in 2018. 
about 2016, I got traded to the Dodgers um, is when I really found my, my passion in life. And that was unbeknownst to me at the time was painting and, and, and art by my manager asking me uh, what I'd like to do. And I told him I like to paint. I got really nervous. Um, and I did a paint sip class right before spring training. And I didn't want to say I played piano because he had made another kid play piano uh, in front of the whole team. And so I just said paint. Uh, he made me do a painting. It was one of my first paintings ever. The whole team, not the whole team, but the guys I cared about, you know, uh, said they liked it. And, and ever since then, I fell in love with art, retired in 2018 and realized that nobody cared about my art anymore. Once I was not the baseball player uh, artist and uh, needed to make money and discovered uh, crypto art and, and, and crypto in general in 2019, um, released my first NFT in 2020. My nephew at that around that time asked if astronauts could be black, and so I was just painting him as an as an astronaut uh, on a canvas in my garage. Uh, and what I would do would I would animate these and taught myself how to animate in rudimentary and, and After Effects, um, and add voice to it and uh, release those as NFTs in early 2020. Sold my first one. I think it was for three ETH at that time. It was nine hundred bucks. I said I've hit. I just hit the lottery, uh, <laughs> and and fell in love with the way that that the community was able to rally behind what I wanted to say with my art, my message, and my art. Leverage those the, the the success in the NFT space to get into the physical art world. You know, galleries and 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 art angels at LA and and we just just left art art Miami had had a piece down there. You know, I had I had a, a couple of successful shows, you know, on the heels of my NFT debut, and in 2021 released Aku, which I think most people know me for uh, at this point, which is uh, a digital character I released as an NFT in 2021. Hold on, hold on. Listen, okay, wait, wait. A couple things for you, man. That's that's a great that's a great story. It's a great story, but I have a lot of questions about it. If you have to give that to me in like 15 seconds, you know what I mean? Like what, how do you, what is your like, how do you like self-define? Because even, even I struggle with this, right? Because like I used to make like TV commercials and stuff, but now you'd be people at a party like, what do you do? And I just oh, like. Oh, I don't, I just say I'm an artist. Oh, I just say you're I'm just an artist. artist. Okay. Yeah. I did a blanket. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. I'm an artist. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Because then they're like, oh, this guy's not doing shit with his life he's just a starving <laughs> artist and they leave you alone <laughs> okay yeah 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 because that's the thing it's like right now it's like if you throw out like crypto or nfts especially right now people are like Bleh. like people are like i don't want to like they don't tell you, you about know, i'm not interested and, yeah <laughs> yeah or they'll tell you about the one nft they heard about and they'll yeah. ask you if they should mint it or something like that uh, like I've got a buddy right now who's like, "Are you gonna go for this Tim Ferriss cock punch thing?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Like I'm not on the list. I'll see what's up with it, you know." And he's like, "Man, I can't wait." And I'm like, "Sure, you know. Like I don't know. But if you want it, if you want it, get it. I don't. I, I, don't, I, I don't have any advice." Okay, let's flash back to what you're saying. You're playing on the Dodgers uh, as Dave Roberts' manager at the time, right? I think. Yeah, he was. Yeah, first year, first year. So what is is this like a hazing kind of thing where he's like, "All right, let's get the rookies to come up and do like a show, and they have to make up a talent." Like, what's the deal with that? No, it was just the way it was his way of breaking in new guys. Um, okay, basically. So, so up to that point, you know, a guy, a kid would come up and be like, "I'd like to fish." And be like, "Okay, Kershaw, you go f take this kid fishing." You know, just a team bonding <laughs> thing. You know, um, and that's kind of how it went down. Okay, okay, okay. So that, and then he brought you up, and you didn't know what to do. Like you just made it up on. Like you just you just improvised and said, "I like to paint." Yeah, man. And he was like, great, go make a, you gotta make a painting of Maury Wills. And Maury Wills just passed away, right. an amazing guy. Um, yeah. But I would eat breakfast and bunt with him every morning. So like 6 a.m. Uh, every morning okay. we would bunt. Uh, right. Every morning he had to teach me how to bunt. 
and I was like, <laughs> like the most rudimentary thing. But every morning you, I had to sit there and listen. He, you know, put your hand here. But it just something we did, and we spent every every morning together. And so made the painting of Maury Wills. And how? Just tell me about the experience. Like how 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 long did it take you to make the paint? Because that's like for a lot of people, what you're describing is like people's worst nightmare, mm-hmm. where they're just like, listen, okay, you have to stand up in front of everybody. And I mean, already you're you're already in the majors. You know, you're already you know you don't have that much performance anxiety. Let's call it. But to yeah. to perform is something you've never done. It's like a lot of people, like, people have a recurring nightmare where they're on stage and everyone's watching them, right? So it's like, how was that for you to, like, to have to paint that? And was the and was the painting good? No, painting was absolutely terrible. It was really terrible. I okay. used, like, yeah. the same paint you would get, like, your three-year-old from Walmart and, like... Uh, <laughs> like the little like, kit? The little plastic yes, kit with the yes, different... Exactly yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. I used, and it would just, it awesome. would just look like mud. Um <laughs> And you know, was it was it terrifying? I don't I don't really have that in me where like I'm I'm going to be embarrassed by something because like right. it is what it is, man. I gave I I worked hard at it. As long as I worked hard at it, I know I'm good. Like like you can't knock me. I tried it, man. You know, right. So I I, I would I, I worked maybe two weeks on it and and presented it to the team and then and then got sent down to AAA right after oh. that. So I think. It was <laughs> oh, I thought I for some reason I assumed it was like a live painting. No, no, oh no, he no, was no. he was like he no, was like no, I got no. you some I got you a brush and an easel. We're all gonna watch. Like, <laughs> no, no, we were trying. They're at the, okay. I, we were trying to win a World Series that year, man. <laughs> they have time to watch me do the job. The Bob Ross Maybe thing. that's the secret sauce, man, is like even just bring the even Kershaw has to do something that he's not used to in front of the whole team. You know, who knows? Who knows what the I don't know. I don't know how it works. You know, right. On. What was your actually? So you were working on bunting at the time. Was that like if you tell us a little bit more about you as a baseball player, actually, before we talk about you as an artist? Uh, what were you what were you what were you best at? What what parts of your game were, were lacking? Like, how did that how does is that how you self-evaluate? Tell us more. Yeah, I could fly. I was really fast, really, really fast. And I think I think one year I stole eighty four bases. Okay. So that was my thing, and I could hit. And I was just super competitive. So right. hard to strike out, hard to get out. I was just gonna always try to beat you. Where I lacked was defense. A lot of balls through the wickets, man. A lot of just zoning out and and not paying attention on defense. And that's where it hurt, man. That's where that's where the, it, it got me was the defense side. But mm. could always hit and always fast and and strong. I was almost forty pounds heavier when I played than I am now. PED free though. I'm a little... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't muscle. Here. <laughs> no, no, it was definitely muscle, man. But just no, no artificial. Yeah. Now I just don't work out, and I just work all the time. And web, I mean, web three, man. What do you expect? Right on. Okay, thanks, for, thanks for that synopsis, and um, you know, very cool to, to have somebody who was in the show, you know, on our show. I think that's really cool. Um, I do want to talk about your NFTs and kind of like your art and, and how you kind of self evaluate because you already told us about your your, your terrible Maury Wills uh, painting. But I want to ask actually, since you've kind of made this transition, we've had um, you know, Tommy Wilson. He's yeah. also an NFT artist. Yeah, I, I, I got Tommy in, into it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so you, oh, you told, that's what I was going to ask is like, how do you, what's that through line in terms of like other uh, former pros kind of trying to get it, you know, get into their artistic side and kind of ringing you up for advice? How does that work? Like, how do you kind of fit into that transition? There's only somebody, there's such a unique story. Yeah. I mean, there hasn't been too many. There hasn't been too many guys looking to like really pursue their, their art career. You know, Tommy was just one that was doing it. And, 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 and Matt, Matt Caesar was another one that, that were actually doing art. What do, what do most what do most guys end up doing if they're if they're retiring? Like, what are they are they going back to school? Are they looking to like kind of like kickstart into a new career? Like, how does that work in terms? I think of it's like, the toughest okay. thing for people to yeah to do to transition because yeah. a lot of like so if you're a if you're a civilian right and you don't play sports your entire life right baseball yeah. like any professional athlete spends their entire life like like you know you, you didn't just pick up a. a a baseball bat when you're 15 you played since you were three and that's all you did you don't 
you don't learn the skill sets that everybody else learns. So once the game spits you out, like you, you have to learn about taxes and you have to learn about corporate structure. You have to learn about all these different things that you just never had to learn. Cause you usually had, you know, at that level, let's say at that level, you have people around you that are handling finances and shielding you from, you know, the, the, the real world in a way. And so I think that's the toughest thing when you, when you come out and you, is figuring out what what's the next thing. I think some people do go back to school. Some people uh, get into broadcasting, coaching, um, right. different things here and there. I'll tell you right now, man. If uh, if you think you have to readjust the taxes, don't worry. Everybody, every other DJ had to do the same thing the last two years and relearn relearn how to do taxes uh, when you've got uh, some uh, somewhat larger events uh, on your on your on your uh, your I guess roll or whatever it is you, you're on your on your return uh, this year. This year will have some big. Uh, Potentially some big losses for yeah, people. Yeah, right. So uh, everyone's getting that crash course right now, uh, at least in our circles. So you were talking about, you know, you tell us your Maury Wills painting uh, took you two weeks. You did it with your Walmart set. You weren't very happy with it. How, but but you were also telling us, you know, and I really admire this, that you don't really have that performance anxiety. You don't really worry about what are people going to think or whatever. How has that how has that kind of adapted for you as an artist? And I'll, I'll tell you for me as like a content creator, man, it's like I'm putting out a show or two per week. I'm putting out some Twitter threads and stuff. And like literally a few nights per week, I like have trouble sleeping because I'm like, what if people think my mm. pod was stupid this week? And that's like, and people are always like, we love the podcast. Oh, thanks for doing it. You know, and I know that that's not a problem, but like still that kind of rears its head for me. So it's like, for, you know, as somebody, it's like, and you, 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 you do fewer pieces and they're all like vested into, you know, that's your, that's this your living is these pieces and, and, and getting them out there. What is that like for you, you know, kind of preparing for that and, and especially going from Maury Wills painting for Dave Roberts to now, you know, being having collections on the cover of Time magazine? Yeah, I'll tell you what, art is sensitive. Like content creation, anytime you're putting out, you're putting an output out for public consumption. It is it is tough because you do worry about naturally what people, the reaction of people, right? But like the one thing I told myself was like, literally, if you're working at something, like there's nothing... If you you put it, if you made you know a thread or you made a video that you really you know you know you put the time and preparation into like that's all you can do at that point. Well, however people react is is on them, and I think I think you get that performance anxiety when you when you're not prepared when you when you when you know, when you're in the back of your mind like man I probably could have done this a little bit better I probably could have taken my time more I think that's when the prep, the the anxiety hits, and so <clears throat> just like. Trying to be better at putting out quality work is what kind of how I look at it. Like when I'm know I'm prepared and it falls flat, and like I didn't prepare. It's like I don't I don't blame anybody if they don't like something I didn't I didn't work for. Let's let's talk about the rest of the story then. So it's like you went you went from doing Maury Wills. What was next after that? Like what did actually did Dave like it? Did they like it? And then, I got sent to AAA why, like I, the next day, man. I don't. Maybe, <laughs> like I was kind of balling too. So to be honest Get with you, it might have been the painting. I was doing my thing a little bit. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> that you mention it. Oh man, this event. Dave, maybe Dave Roberts knew he was like this guy's got talent with a paintbrush. Let's get him out of here. You just accelerate his path to to be a you know a high level artist. <laughs> it's gonna help you out. What no, but really, what'd you do next? Like you were like, okay, this is kind of half decent. Maybe I should keep doing this. Like, how does that work? I believe that like the the power of like people like reinforcing like your confidence. So like those mm -hmm. teammates, maybe it was like five or six of them coming up to me and be like, man, this is really good. Like mm -hmm. that was enough for me to to like say okay like I really want to push this. Baseball's not going to last forever. Like so like what's the next thing I'm going to do? I, like, this is going to be it. If, if if I'm good now, 
and I and I put the same work in that I that I put in while playing baseball, it's going to eventually work. And so mm-hmm. that rest of the year, I was carrying canvases on the bus and and painting in the hotel rooms. And that off season, I lived in L.A. and I had like the an apartment or a condo or a house, whatever it was, a condo. I remember like New Year's Eve, you know, L.A. Dodger, whatever. I was painting in my room by myself. I just and I would go to the studio in my friend's studio every morning, like knock on the door, like, can I come in and, and, and work? And so hmm. I would just continue to work on it. And then once I retired, it was done. Like I was not making any money. I had, I think I printed off like a, a zero on my tax return for two years straight, just painted in my garage, nonstop mm-hmm. in my garage in, in Raleigh, North Carolina, just working. So it wasn't like some like glamorous success thing. I went from 2018 until fall of 2020, so nearly three years, not making any money. Uh, had a right. baby, did the whole thing. I didn't make any money. No How recognition. Did, what? What? What were you? What were uh, during that time? Were you hoping that it would it could be a living for you? I was hoping. A lot of time. I knew it would be. There was no hope. Oh, you knew, like, okay, so you knew you do that with confidence. You're like, I'm going to be able to do this. Yeah, there was not a, gonna, like it's going to pay off. Oh okay. man, I hope this works out. What if it does it? It was like no, like I'm going to. I'm putting the hours in and I, and I've seen it work. Like I've seen, right. it took me, took me 21 years to make it to the major leagues. If you count all the little leagues in the high school and college and travel. Mm-hmm. Ball. So I knew that like the work that I put in to get there, I was good to, to keep going. I knew mm-hmm. it eventually, eventually it worked. Like it, like it's, it's inevitable. I really think that's for anybody. Like anybody, if, if, if I said tomorrow, like, okay, go you quit everything you're doing. You're going to be in the Olympics for archery. Right, and you dedicated every day, hours a day to archery. You're going to do it. That'd be pretty cool. I've actually often thought about like what Olympic sports you could still get into. I think about that all the time. You know, what I mean? like you don't need to have trained since you were a kid. like. And I was actually thinking like bobsledding is actually because I'm Canadian, right? I mean, Canada and bobs. We have like there's good Canadian bobsledders. Yeah, I've often thought I'm like I have strong legs. I have strong legs, and it's like literally, you just have to learn to like. You know, I saw cool runnings. Like you just, you learn to push and run and jump in, and like that's it. So it's like maybe I could, fuck, maybe I could be in the Olympics. I think it'd be, cool. I think it'd be fast because I think Lolo Jones did join the bobsledding team. I think you got to have some kind of thing there. I think it's harder than what it looks. I well, dude, listen, you just talked about encouragement from friends, and then told me to go be an archer, and I told you I want to be a bobsledder. You're telling me that I can't, I can't <laughs> like, do it. What the hell? Well, you are Come Canadian, on, man. Man. You, Maybe you, you know, probably... you haven't seen. You haven't seen my lower body. Like you don't know what I look like. You don't know that I don't, I don't have these like huge trunks down there, What's man. Like, just massive. I, really don't, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Canadian I'm people good. grew up playing like hockey. We just play hockey like like a, like sweat camp hockey for like years. You know, so it's just like maybe you know we have like naturally these like we have That's these right. legs that could push on ice, right? So maybe maybe I could do it. Um, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, here's a question for you. If you, if you, if if there's any type of athlete, it's an abstract question because there's not a lot. If you, if you had to pick like one style of athlete, like from one sport that you think would make the best NFT artist, who who would that be? Or just artists in general? Like what type of like athlete training mentality? What kind of people are like? Oh, these guys are freaks, so they'd make good a- artists. You know what I mean? Like what? Who would that be? Of a, the whole spectrum of artists or alternate soccer. question? Soccer. Soccer. Sorry, I didn't think of soccer players be good artists. Uh, good Why? NFT, good good NFT, NFT artists, NFT. What do you call them? NFT releasers, NFT releasers. And oh, I say that, and what promoters. I mean by that, they could they soccer players have the ability to understand how to like monetize a brand, monetize their mm-hmm. brand, their personal brand, right? 
in a way that like some sports don't have basketball for sure does too and but nfl yeah. guys wear a helmet all day so like they not you don't see that yeah, many yeah. nfl guys baseball yeah, guys yeah. relatively for the most part super chill guys we're gonna go home to our family keep it moving soccer players make money a lot of money off the field right mm-hmm. so i think that they could come in know how to market themselves because i think that's the majority of what it is when it comes to nfts because there's so much competition you got to be able to like market yourself you think nfts could integrate with sports in that way like could like Messi scores a goal and he runs off you know he runs to the sideline he pulls up his shirt and he's got like a qr code and he's like scan this right now to get an nft like is there like you see something like that happening over time like where it's like directly integrated on the field we're still pretty far away right there's like nft tickets for games right now but it's like do you see some kind of and I'm just thinking early Top Shot days when we were there, you know, at one point, like, Rudy Gobert was like, Top Shot that shit, you know, mm-hmm. like, on, on the court. And it was like, oh, here we go. Like, they're going to start yelling it at each other, and it hasn't happened since. Like, you see some kind of integration there? Yeah, I mean, I do. I think it's when it when it makes sense, when it's not, like, just NFTs, you know? When it's like, oh, this, this Messi's showing this, and I scanned it, and I got that, right? No idea what it right. is. Like, he could do, legitimately do that tomorrow, and you get, like, a T-shirt or something, you know? I, FTX might have messed that up for some of us, man, because the dude they were on the they were on umpires' uniforms, man. Like oh my God. they were on the field. This this, this we've been here before. <laughs> oh my God, man. How does that make you feel as somebody who's like, you know, you you you're 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 building this community in the space? I mean, I'm I'm not too affected by it, but I mean give me your thoughts, Mike. It's something it's something so hard to uh, ignore the last month, like your thoughts on your on the, oh, that's the FTX a tough scandal. One, man. You know, yeah. I have pretty good relationship over there and with you know some of their people and they've done they've supported us in the past and they've worked with their ass off to accomplish yeah. some of the deals they've done and to, yeah. to have that happen to not only affect so many people but to affect people internally who have put their their name out there reputation hustling to get some amazing deals done i still like i'm close with people on the mlb side i'm still close with people on the ftx side i thought the mlb mlb deal on uniforms and and, and in stadiums was was a really good deal. I thought that was really impressive, yeah. and and the people that brought that together really innovated. So to see what the the, the trickle down effects of a few just people who just don't have regard for other humans is yeah. is is really upsetting. They, they 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 didn't they weren't longing for anything. They had it all. You know, they yeah. there was no need to to go and do the things they've done. And I'm not like an expert on the matter by any means, but just from a human level. Yeah. A lot of people were affected in a way just just wasn't necessary. It just wasn't necessary. That makes sense. What are you? How how are you feeling right now? Because I mean, two years ago you launched your first piece, and I remember that because this was before I had first mint or anything like that, and I was kind of you know looking around the space, and I remember reading your story, um, and and I think the, the piece is like generative, right? Like the door opens over time, or they change. Your nephew changes over time in the piece. Yeah, that was two, two years, years ago. ago. That was two years yeah, ago. fall twenty twenty. Yeah. It wasn't my first one, but that was that was the oh, one. It was that, your first one. That was that the was one. the one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was um, matter of fact. I was just on the phone with with them right before this with 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 Async cool. cooking up yeah, something yeah, else. Yeah, it's Async. Um, yeah. I really liked that work, and that will probably go down as one of my most important works. Just from like not only like from 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 concept to execution to the meaning behind it to what it the boys that were involved like everything across the board worked and that's not always always the case very rare that like from somebody you have something that kind of elaborate that it works across the board that was a, a big that was a, a very important piece that i think was before its time like i don't think it got 
no one knows about it. Like, they, like they said, oh, that's the Aku guy. But it's like, man, I'll be honest with you. Aku's amazing and an incredible character that has a lot of impact. But that piece is actually special. How do you how do you see your different art pieces and collections? Like, do you do you see them? Are they like? D- different flavors are they like different children you have like are they like different cars in a garage like how do you how do you how do you visualize that as an artist in terms of like you know either comparing them or or, or quantifying their success or even just how you, your own feelings so taking aku aside aku is a full-on like brand company thing right and then you have like the art side when it comes to art there's pieces that you just make right good pieces whatever there's others that like you make that you can't hit a home run every single time there's some that just don't work so when you have those special moments. I don't know. They're really, they're really special, you know. And, and, and like, I care about every single one of them because every one there's a there's a process involved to them, you know. The house is on fire. You can only take one with you. Which one is it? I mean, to be honest, Aku. Be- <laughs> I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why Aku. Aku's on ledgers, all that, because yeah. Aku has the ability to reach more people than. Right. A piece code like Aku can show up and manifest himself in different. Like if Aku, all the paintings, everything is in a pile in ledgers and paintings were in a pile, I would have to take Aku because he has the ability to expand out. <laughs> How do you are you are you actively still working on Aku now? Like what are you what are you currently doing? You don't see the bags under my eyes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know what you're because you're taking, you're talking to async. Uh, like, what are you currently working on Aku? And if yes or no, are is there is there is there another big hit coming in the future? Uh, yeah, no, Aku is like full focus. That's uh, the thing. That's the thing. Okay. Yeah, because it's super early in the, in the, in terms of like IP, right? Super right. early. Like IP takes forever to you, as you know, like to develop and produce and the marketing, and then you have products, etc. Like, there's a long tail game with with any kind of IP. So, like, but the, but the thing about the Aku side is it's a scaled out team, which allows me to also think about other things, like other other releases, other projects that i want to do that's kind of how it how it works out so right now we're in a phase of spent the last couple about two months on like what's the 2023 plan and and roll out for for everything but as a creative like you don't want to aku it's all comes from a story bible that story bible can be here's the bible like you follow this and you can pass that to people that know how to then execute across different different verticals um, and then I can oversee on the on the creative side of things and and and, and, and different kind of uh, areas of that. I don't need to be involved on the day to day business side. How how did you how did you scale that? How did you how did you decide? Like, cause you you know you're in your garage for three years, painting and painting painting every day. You're starting to make pieces, starting to get it out there. Confident you're going to do it. Who, like, who, how do you do? You have a manager. What's the first step to that? Up until now, tell us about your team. Scaling is the hardest thing to do. It's harder than yeah. raising money. It's harder than creating making money scaling is the hardest thing because you 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 want quality people and you don't always get quality people out the gate you know you don't know the business and the landscape will change in six months and this vertical over here might take off and this one falls back so for me kind of how i i scale that is i went very um intentionally early on the business side of things understanding what is needed to ensure that the business side is bundled up from structure legal operations all those pieces are smooth and, and, and so like the, the house, the foundation of the house is good. And then we scale the creative and the way the creative scaling works is whenever there's a bigger project that we need to do, like Akutars, for example, can scale to, we scale to 50. The phase I'm at now is thinking more so around scaling based around more, more project-based releases instead of having to like, I think once you scale too big, too quickly, that's when it gets super difficult to communicate, do what you did best getting there. 
I'm at the stage now of like, I've done it, scaled the teams, orchestra managed dozens of people. And I'm at the stage now where it's like, actually, I got this really good idea. We should do this release, you know, um, with X, Y, and Z. Who are the people we need for that specific thing? So they could be hyper specific on the, on that. And I think that's kind of how I'm looking at moving forward, how to, how to scale this properly. What, what is your kind of like core central team? And, and I'm actually, you don't have to name them. I'm just curious, like how you organize that. Like how, like how much time do you spend you working on art, coming up with ideas versus meetings? Because I could imagine it's like, you know, you're trying to scale up, you're being this business, you commercialize it, which is fantastic, but going to be, you know, you're going to have to say no a lot to people trying to involve you in all these meetings. So you keep doing you as the artist, but how do you, you know, who, 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 how do you organize that core team of people? You know, man, transparently, I was, it was full business for the past, once Aku hit, boom, it was mm-hmm. like, okay, now everybody's saying this is, has to be this, this could be that, this has potential yeah. to be Disney, you got to scale it this way, this has potential to be this, right. right? So you're getting all this information. It's like, okay, cool, this is what we're going to do. But over time, I realized that like being involved in all these meetings and hustling doesn't mean it's necessarily going to yield the results of first of all, like it's not going to yield the results that, you know, driving value back to the community all the time because now you're 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 worrying about scaling and managing people, generating revenue, revenue that matches the burn. Like so if you're doing all these things, the creative takes a back seat, then I think that's when it you, you run into trouble. And so yeah. Recently I was like, okay, actually what I, what I want to do is get the, the the organization structured around more creative. And so what what let's just talk creatively. And creative not only just like art, it's more like mechanics, releases, like the chapters for example was creative here's aku chapters here's how they're going to work here's how they're going to roll out here how they'll play in a bigger right. part right um and, and getting back to that so like the team you know you have the business side which is important like you know you making sure that finances and all that are in, in order then you have you know head of web3 making sure all that is 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 buttoned up and in order and communication is clear and crisp and is professional then you have the creative team small you know we mm-hmm. we jam like we don't, there's no, just we jam. Um, head of partnerships. What do you mean? What do you mean you jam? What does jamming, jamming look like? Yeah, yesterday we got a, uh, we're doing a rollout with, with Instagram, right? And it's an evolution right. of storytelling. Boom, we're jamming through concept art, jamming through ideas, jamming through uh, story plots, storylines. And it's just, just, just jamming on, on the creative concepts. And then we have, the, you know, head of partnerships because you do have a lot of opportunities and we have incredible partners that we work with. Who, who can parse through opportunities that may not be aligned or that are aligned and, and make sure that those go smoothly. Um, so it's, it's a really, really well-oiled kind of machine right now. What's your creative process right now then? When it's time, like you've been tra- traveling, you're doing uh, talking appearances, you're having business meetings, and then you're like, no, you know, and then the next thing on the agenda is like, all right, Micah, you got to go to the studio and you have to go make this thing, you come up with this concept, you got to make this next visual. How does that start? Early mornings, man. Early mornings. So I'm on East Coast, right? And so five in the morning, six in the morning, the first thing I do is, is output. Like I don't try to look at anything. If it's if I'm in a mode where I'm having to, having to paint and I have a show coming up, straight to the studio. Right now we're in a mode of like story and story development, straight to writing. And then, and then I make sure that I get all my necessary tasks done. And then meetings hit, you know, West Coast gets up whatever then you do the meetings kind of like in the afternoon like right now i'm in a block for like five hours but like right. i'm good i got my creative 
juice is out this morning. You're done. Yeah, it's it's done. Yeah, the most important part's done. That's kind of how I, I work. I can't do late nights anymore. What's the goal for the project right now? Like, what? How do you? And, and I'm sure maybe that's changed over time. But like, what is for Aku? Like, what is what is the what are the hardline kind of goals or OKRs that you guys have set out? You know, you're talking about your roadmap 2023. Can you share any of that with us, or even kind of longer term? Yeah. So the goal the goal was in for 2023 is really to build audience. So it's not about necessarily building community as much as it's about building audience. And I think there's a big difference here. So like in 2022, focus in, in 2020, you focus on building community, different initiatives that can onboard a core group of people into the Aku ecosystem through NFTs, right? We have an incredibly core, incredible core group. Now, the, now we have to expand the IP out to the kids and the people that can consume Aku from that, that uh, places where they already are. So a lot of the 2023 focus is on, is on audience building, where it's not an emphasis on necessarily revenue. We don't need to generate NFT revenue that we've seen in the past. It's more about how can you build an audience and then story development so that when we are ready to go into story and Q1, you know, uh, and actually go, like we're gone, you know? And so that's really, that's really the goal from, 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 for that is, is the, expansion, the expansion of the audience. What do you what do you want your legacy to be in the space as an artist? Most important thing is quality, thoughtfulness, quality, and professionalism. That's that's really that it's really that simple. I don't want to do anything that is not necessarily the highest of qualities. I want to make sure that it's thoughtful and that it's in it, every from top to bottom is rolled out in a way that she needs to be rolled out. And, and that it was never about trying to capture a hype cycle. It's just more so thoughtfulness. If you if you had to do something that wasn't painting, like a tomorrow. They're just like, you're not allowed to paint anymore for paint's whatever gone, reason. Paint's, paint's gone. It's rare. <laughs> it's, there's some reason, like, painting, painting is outlawed. And it's like, if you paint, like, it's like there's something wrong with you in society if, you, if you're a painter. Like, we find out that there's some, you're like a serial killer, too, or something, like, something, like, horrible. So you have to be like, I can't paint anymore. What would you be doing? And, and, and Aku, too? Like, like... Uh, it can, you can take the IP and make it something else, but it cannot, it, 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 no more brushes, and you, yeah, you can't yeah, say, yeah. like, you're going to use pastels or anything like that. Like, there's oh, no more I mean, drawing or any of that kind of stuff. Like, that, the visual, anything of, like, a blank page and you're making something on it, that's gone. But a lot of other creative fields. Would definitely grow, continue growing Aku, obviously, and building that whole, the whole IP. But what, in what? In what? What would, it, what would it become? Oh, yeah, we'd be going across, like, right the same path. We're, right now, we're building out the TV, building out the film, building out the experiences and the products and the apparel and immersive experiences. So around around Aku still, virtual experiences, I mean. So around Aku still. Uh, but like, let's just say there was no creativity. Like, actually, you, you know what? I'm just I'm just going to remove the question. It's just like, you know what? You never went to paint. Dave Dave Roberts never asked you to paint. I'd be a farmer. That n- you're a farmer. Okay, yeah, I'll just ask you what other job you would have. That's farmer. You'd be a farmer. Farmer. Okay, do you... Do you grow anything right now? Do you grow vegetables or anything at yeah, all? Yeah, yeah, but not, okay. not what I want to do. I want to, like, farming is my thing, so, like, cow. Farming is your thing. I love farming. Do you grow up farming? Uh, I worked on, my family did, and I worked on a dairy farm. So, oh, really? Okay, okay, so you're... you're... You, oh shit! So you're you're a cow you're a cow milker really by trade. Like your <laughs> baseball is secondary career. Milking <laughs> <laughs> cows. Yeah, I used to I used to um I used to work on this dairy farm and I would have to go there like at four thirty in the morning or something. Um, wow! And then I would I would because I I just needed money like I didn't have any money. Then, yeah. then my mom would pick me up. I didn't have a driver's license or anything in high school. And then my mom picked me up and take me to baseball games. So I would work all day on the farm huh. and then. 
take my dirty clothes, change in the car, go play a baseball game. That's what I did. Dude, that's such like a classic story. <laughs> Honestly, like I feel like I've read that novel. Just like, yeah, you're just exa- up at four thirty, milking the cows, <laughs> off to the off to the fr- or like whatever. What's it like the Arnold Schwarzenegger story? It's like he was like training in the army for like twelve hours a day, and then at night would like drive for like walk eight hours to the gym to work out for three hours and then sleep for an hour and restart the next day. I feel like that that's you. That's how I used to <laughs> that's be. I used to be like, <laughs> smell terrible. I remember one time a girl, a, a, I went to, I went to meet a girl afterwards one time and she told me she, she couldn't hang out with me because I smell so bad. After both those things? No. Like after, you built the couch and after the fall, <laughs> <laughs> told me to leave. <laughs> oh man, that's amazing, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, good for you. That's, I mean, it definitely de- developed a lot of good work ethic in you. Yeah, no doubt. Right. Man. Like that's, that's, that's some, that's some hard labor, right? So that's, uh, that's good mm-hmm. if you're doing that from an early age. Right on. Well, uh, Mike, I won't keep you for too much longer. I guess the last question for you is um, right now, you know, uh, NFTs, we're, we're, we're in a harder spot than we were before. Obviously, it's, a, you know, we're kind of going through this transition year period. Still a lot of people building and a lot of great projects like you um, that have put out their collections now, clearly doing a lot behind the scenes we're going to see. Uh, if you had some advice for a creator, for an artist who, who wants to start now. Right. Who who maybe let's let's assume that they've been painting in a garage or some equivalent for a couple of years. They've been training. They're ready to go. They've got the talent and they just want to get out there uh, as a as a painter, as a podcaster or as whatever. What 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 are your three pieces of advice for them starting? Just get just do it. Just get it out. Why wait for the market? Like, just get it out. Like, who cares what the yeah. price of ETH is? No matter. Network. Talk talk to people. But network in a way. This is very important. Don't network in a way where it's like. Give me everything you got. Give me all your information. This is what I'm working on. Like, I actually come from a networking perspective of like trying to understand that person better. Like, don't come trying to pitch them on something or selling your art. Actually, just trying to just understand how that person's moving or trying to just just talk to them about their experiences instead of just so salesy. And then three would be just to be authentic. Don't won't worry about what what collections are working or what art artists are working or you know who's doing well. Be authentic to you because that's not sustainable. I network, chill. Don't, I mean, network. Don't chill. <laughs> uh, just get your work out there. <laughs> wow, wow, Freudian slip. <laughs> okay, last last question for you. Usually at the end of the show, we play a game called Would You Rather. We haven't played in a while, so uh, and I only have one question for you. It's baseball related because we already got we already got a lot of great artist stuff from you. But um, actually, it's kind of intertwined. So this is a Would You Rather question. So I'll give you two options. It's 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 five a.m time for you to you just woke up and it's time for you to just lay it down on the canvas feeling pumped but there's a problem there's a challenge you have to overcome before you're allowed to paint would you rather that challenge be that you have to steal six bases or you have to bunt off kershaw Oh shoot! That's a what, a, what an incredible Succe- successfully bunt, successfully bunt. Like you have to make for, first. You got to get near. You got to have to like be like have the balls to like step in front of his fastball, yeah. and then and <laughs> and hope it doesn't kill you. And then also like you got to make it to first, and you have to do either one of those. I don't. I, it sounds like stealing bases is super easy for you, but I, I, it was easy when I was twenty. Two years old. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Civilians don't sprint. I've learned that. Like, <laughs> yeah. When is the last time a civilian ever reached top speed? It doesn't happen, right? Like a civilian. I love the term civilian that you use. Like, like when you're in the military and we're all these like, plebs. <laughs> like you're like on a foreign mission. You know what <laughs> like, I mean? Like, civilian. What are civilian. these civilians doing? Yeah, <laughs> you're a civilian. Yeah. You're you're slow. You're a civilian. 
you walk and you get to the place, you get from A to B. Um, <laughs> so there's zero chance I would steal, I'd be able to steal six bases right now. So I'd have to go bunt. Okay. I'd have to go bunt. But why that's a good <laughs> question though, Kershaw being lefty and that herky jerky thing, and that's not fun to bunt <laughs> off of. Who's the hardest? Uh, uh, did you rate catchers in terms of how hard they are to steal oh, off man, of or yeah. pitchers? Kid, I, kid, I, yeah, kid, I grew up with actually. We played literally together. He won a gold glove mm-hmm. too. He was, he was like the thing. Like, we used to, that's a guy, Tucker Barnhart. The guy I always wanted to get with that. And he was, he won a gold glove for a reason. <laughs> so he could really gun you down. Good lord. It was, I'd go every time. I was, coach would be giving me the stop sign, like no stealing. I love it. Oh, Micah. Well, dude, thank you so much for coming to the show. Really appreciate it. And best of luck with everything uh, in the new year. Thank you, bro. Thanks for having me. And that is going to do it for us today, folks. Hope you enjoyed that chat with Micah. Very gracious that he was able to make some time for us. If you are still here, if you are still listening to the show almost two years on, I want to say thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next week at The First Minute.